Welcome to Difficult Conversations, lessons I learned as an ICU physician with Dr. Anthony Orsini. Dr. Orsini is a practicing physician and president and CEO of the Orsini Web. As a frequent keynote speaker and author, Dr. Orsini has been training healthcare professionals and business leaders how to navigate through the most difficult dialogues. Each week, you will hear inspiring interviews with experts in their field who tell their story and provide practical advice on how to effectively communicate. Whether you are a doctor faced with giving a patient bad news, a business leader who wants to get the most out of his or her team members, or someone who just wants to learn to communicate better, this is the podcast for you. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Anthony Orsini, and I'm so excited to welcome you to my very first podcast. You know, I'm passionate about two things, medicine and communication. Communication is a powerful tool that can be used to convey compassion, form relationships quickly, and build loyalty. It affects every aspect of our personal and our professional lives, but it is especially important during those critical, life-changing moments. We've all been involved in difficult conversations, and how we communicate during those conversations can make the difference between helping someone or making a bad situation worse. As a neonatologist caring for the most critically ill newborns for almost 25 years now, I have certainly had more than my fair share of difficult conversations. Telling someone that their baby's died or has suffered severe brain injury, no matter how long you do it, just never gets easy. Like most people, giving bad news is something that no one ever wants to do. But I found out during my personal journey that doing it the right way is truly a gift. More on that later. But difficult conversations don't just occur in medicine. They happen every day when sometimes we don't even know they're occurring. In business, managers become true leaders when they know how to communicate and get the most out of their employees and build loyalty. Team members are more successful when they communicate well. And HR professionals who know how to navigate through the most difficult dialogues are able to avoid bigger problems later on. In our personal lives, Knowing how to communicate can help us build friendships, help our marriages, and sometimes even get through to our teenagers. This podcast is about learning to communicate effectively and with compassion. Each week, we'll discuss practical communication techniques that will help you convey your natural compassion, build loyalty, and form trusting relationships. You will hear inspiring stories of tragedy and triumph, and in each story, we'll learn together about the major role that communication played. Now, if you subscribe to this podcast, I promise you that you will never think about communication the same way again. You'll be inspired to learn more and eager to try out what you've learned. I've dedicated my entire career to learning how to help people, but not with just medicine, with my words and my actions as well. And I'm eager to share with you what I have learned. Let's face it, if you can tell someone their child is dying with compassion, Every other conversation is relatively easy. I have fantastic guests lined up both from inside and outside the healthcare industry. I'll be interviewing some amazing people who will share their stories with you and what they've learned about communication along the way. We also have experts in every field who will provide you with practical tips on how they've learned to use communication to succeed. Now, it's only fair that if I'm going to ask personal questions of my guests, and I will, that I share with you my own personal story. 
My personal story starts 25 years ago. I was a neonatology fellow. And for those of you who don't know the medicine nomenclature, a neonatology fellow is someone who's already completed their pediatric training and has decided to train for another three years to be certified to take care of the sickest premature and newborn babies. It was early on in my fellowship when I was on call at nighttime and I received a call from a desperate pediatrician in New Jersey who asked me to pick up a very sick baby. It was my job as the neonatal fellow to go and pick up the baby with the transport team. When I arrived at the hospital, I found the baby who was just desperately clinging on to life. The ventilator that he was on was working at its hardest and his oxygenation in his blood was barely high enough to keep him alive. The only chance he had was to get him back to my hospital and place him on a heart-lung bypass machine. The parents gave the baby a quick kiss on the cheek. We ran to the ambulance, lights and sirens going. But as we went over the Ben Franklin Bridge back to Philadelphia, the baby's heart rate started to drift. We gave extra medications. I called my senior physician that night, Dr. Smith, for advice, and he assured us we were doing everything possible and that the baby just needed to get back to the hospital. But sadly, as we got to the hospital, the baby's heart rate had dropped so low that we started full resuscitation. Dr. Smith and I continued the resuscitation at the hospital, including full CPR, but sadly, the baby passed away. Soon after the baby passed away, the charge nurse informed me that the father had followed the ambulance and was waiting for us in the back room. Now that night, I felt very fortunate because I was on with my senior, Dr. Smith. I had known Dr. Smith for three years, and I had known him to be one of the most compassionate people I had ever known. He was a great doctor, super smart. He was kind and caring. He was the kind of doctor that I wanted to be like when I grew up. Now, at the time, also, I was very fortunate in my own personal life. I had a newborn baby that was healthy, a lovely wife. My parents were both alive. I really had no tragedy in my life. And so the thought of telling someone that their baby died scared the crap out of me. So I decided to use this terrible event as a possible way of learning how to speak to a father about death. I asked Dr. Smith if I could watch him tell the parent that his baby had died. He, of course, said yes. We walked down the hallway to the waiting room. When we opened up the door, we found the father who was frantically pacing back and forth. And what happened next is still inexplainable to me almost 25 years later. This kind, compassionate doctor whom I had known for three years simply blurted out, my name's Dr. Smith, and your baby's dead. I thought, did he just do that? Well, the father, he went crazy. I remember he punched the wall. I think he put a hole in the wall. He knocked down the table lamp. He was screaming in a sound that I had never heard before. Dr. Smith just stood there. I thought I need to do something. So I took a step forward towards the father, and Dr. Smith just put the back of his hand on my chest, and he said, let him be. A few moments later, the father calmed down. We got him to sit down and we spoke to him. And at that point, the true compassion of Dr. Smith came out. We walked the father down the hallway to show him where his dead baby lay. When we decided to give the father a few moments with his baby, I walked out of the room into the hallway and Dr. Smith was waiting for me. He grabbed me by the lapel, pulled me really close, and I could see that there were tears in his eyes. And he said to me really firmly, he said, 
Do you see what I just did? Don't ever do that. He turned around, walked down the hallway towards the fire escape. He spent the next 20 minutes on the fire escape, no doubt, crying. Well, that was a life-changing moment for me. It profoundly changed me. I thought, if this gentle, compassionate man does not know how to give bad news in the kindest way possible, what chance do I have? At that moment, I decided to spend my career trying to answer two questions. One, is there a right way and a wrong way to give tragic news to a patient? And two, if there is a right way, how do you teach it? So for the next 10 years, I poured through all the literature on how to break bad news, and there was very little. But more importantly, I interviewed dozens and dozens of patients and parents and family members who had received bad news from doctors, and I asked them what worked, what made you feel better, what made you feel worse. And I started to see a pattern that there really was a right way and a wrong way to tell someone their baby died or that they have cancer or their husband and wife passed away, that there were certain fundamentals that, if done correctly, can really help somebody when they need us the most. And 10 years later, I started the Breaking Bad News program, which since then has trained thousands of doctors and nurses how to give tragic news in the most compassionate and effective manner. But along the way, I started to notice one thing. The same communication techniques that are required to give someone tragic news in the most compassionate and effective manner are the same communication techniques that help us in everyday life. I wondered, why is it that some physicians are able to build great practices and other physicians with just as good clinical skills seem to struggle? Why is it that some people succeed in life and others just can't seem to get ahead? Why is it that the smartest person in the room who becomes the manager can't lead? The answer is simple. If you can learn to communicate, then you're good for every situation. And trust me, if you can teach someone how to give bad news, how to tell someone that they have cancer, the rest of it's easy. And so currently, I train a lot of physicians on not just how to give bad news, but how to build rapport, how to form relationships. Managers who learn how to communicate become true leaders. And that's what this podcast is all about. Difficult conversations occur every day in our lives when we don't even know they're happening. And yes, we notice them more during tragedy, but communication fascinates me. How we communicate verbally, non-verbally, the messages that we send, changing one word in a sentence, and how that's perceived can make all the difference in the world. So we have some great guests who are going to tell you about critical times in their lives when communication really made a difference. We have some guests who've had some tragedy and came out on the other end because someone built a relationship with them. And so I've learned through many, many years that building a good practice, making a patient experience as least bad as possible has everything to do with communication. During my training sessions, when I train nurses and doctors how to communicate, we've shown what a big difference it makes in the patient experience. And we're going to have some guests that we're going to talk about patient experience. But I don't want you to think that this is just for healthcare workers. 
because I've worked with HR professionals. How you separate someone from employment can make a big difference. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I love communication. I think it's fascinating. And I'm so excited to keep learning because I'm going to learn from some of my guests. I promise you that if you listen to this podcast every week, every week you'll be inspired. Every week you'll learn something. And as I've been told over and over and over again, once you start thinking about communication the way that we discuss it, it'll rewire your brain. You'll understand what it means when you move your hands in a certain way. You understand how one word changes everything. And you'll never think about communication the same way again. So my personal journey started with a profound moment of watching someone be told that their son had died abruptly. But that doesn't need to happen to you to learn communication. Many of you that are listening to this podcast are going to be healthcare workers, and we're going to learn some great techniques on how to improve the patient experience, how to build rapport with your patients. But again, these techniques work every day at home, in your marriage, in business. It works for everything. So if you really are excited about this podcast, we already have great interviews already recorded. I can't wait for you to listen to them. But I promise you, if you hit subscribe, you will never think about communication the same way again, and you will be inspired. So please go ahead and subscribe, download, give us a great review. We really would appreciate it. I'm telling you, just give us a chance and you're going to be excited. Thank you. And I hope that I'll see you again. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment and review. To contact Dr. Orsini and his team or to suggest guests for future podcasts, visit us at theorsiniway.com.